Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. Ah, yes, wonderful to connect in this way. Thank you for joining with me (laughs) wherever, whenever we are joined together. I'm grateful. Okay, well, let's begin with a blessing, a prayer. So we place our hand on our heart and we take that deep breath of gratitude. So grateful and so thankful that we are choosing freedom. We're setting ourselves free with peace, with harmony, with love, with joy. We are recognizing abundance and prosperity are our true nature. We're grateful to give away the false beliefs, the insanity, and we are grateful to allow ourselves to truly know and remember the fullness of love as our identity. We are consciously attuning to wholeness. We are consciously attuning to the perfection and the beauty that is our very essence and nature. We are forgetting all that is unworthy of our attention. We are choosing healing here and now. We are willing here and now. We share the benefits with everyone, all beings, because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm. Yes. Mm. (laughs) All right, so today we are looking in Chapter 7, Section 5, which is entitled Healing and the Changelessness of mind, healing in the changelessness of mind. So let's dive into this. I feel like this is going to be really good. This is where spirit pointed me. And I always feel it's really good. So (laughs) let's, let's start reading here. So the body is nothing more than a framework for developing abilities, which is quite apart from what they're used for. So the body is a framework for developing abilities, and that's quite apart from what our body is used for. So let's just take a moment and go in here and be contemplative because I've been leading this program, Change Your Mind About Your Body, which I have absolutely been loving. Thank you, Spirit. And in there... One of the first things that I was sharing, which I've shared here as well, is that it's been helpful for me to say to myself, I'm not a body, but I have a body. I have a body to care for and to enjoy. I am not my body, but I have a body to care for and enjoy. And indeed, it is my responsibility to care for my body and not treat it like it's an inanimate thing, which I have done in the past. So totally forgiven myself for the uh, 
abuses of the past, the ignorance of the past, the disrespect of the past, and stepping into this place now of really following my intuition and caring for my body, not um, making it into a false idol, but just recognizing I, I care for my dog Bodhi, my cat Sattva, I'm responsible for their care. I'm responsible for what they eat, for their exercise, for their physical well-being and happiness. I cuddle with them. I massage them. I play with them. It's part of my responsibility in living with pets. And so with the body, I'm also responsible for making the decisions, because the body can't make any decisions on its own. So I need to be tuning into spirit, what's highest and best, and living from spirit, knowing what's highest and best, and then simply living from that space. So that's part of my Living a Course of Miracles spiritual practice. So the body's nothing more than a framework for developing abilities which is quite apart from what bodies are used for. That is a decision. So it's a decision to have our body be that framework for developing abilities versus a vehicle for whatever else. And obviously, we're all well-versed in the many, 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 many things that people can do with their bodies. So the effects of the ego's decision in this matter are so apparent that they need no elaboration. But the Holy Spirit's decision to use the body only for communication has such a direct connection with healing that it does need clarification. So the Holy Spirit's use for the body is communication. It's a communication tool. The unhealed healer obviously does not understand his own vocation. The unhealed healer does not understand his own vocation. So what is a vocation? It is a spiritual calling. So for me, I am very fortunate that my occupation and my vocation are the same. Now, um... It's possible somebody could use a vocation for sure to say, oh, uh, I'm, I'm called to be um, a woodworker, a craftsperson, or um, people can also use vocation for their occupation. But generally, most people think of a vocation as being a spiritual calling. So it can be a spiritual calling to be a gardener. There's no question about that. So uh could be a spiritual vocation of spiritual calling to be um, uh, a server in a restaurant. I have felt that. Truly, I have. So, um, yeah, the unhealed healer does not understand their own vocation, their own calling, their own occupation. Only minds communicate. Since the ego cannot obliterate 
the impulse to communicate, because it is also the impulse to create, it can only teach you that the body can both communicate and create, and therefore does not need the mind. That's what the ego can teach. doesn't make it true, but that's what the ego can teach. That the body can communicate and create, but it's not true. The ego thus tries to teach you that the body can act like the mind and is therefore self-sufficient. But the body cannot act like the mind. It is not self-sufficient. The body does not have its own ideas and make its own decisions. That is not possible. We have learned that behavior is not the level for either teaching or learning, since you can act in accordance with what you do not believe. So behavior, so behavior can be habitual behavior, it's the choices that we make, the things that we do. It's like the behavior. Um, you can even think of it in terms of an animal's behavior, what they do, Pavlov's dog, right? Mouth watering at the sound of the bell because it was trained in that way to make that association in the mind. All right. The ego tries to teach you that the body can act like the mind and is therefore self-sufficient. Yet, we've learned that behavior is not the level for either teaching or learning, since you can act in accordance with what you do not believe. And we do that all the time. All the time. We say we believe something, but we do something else. To do this, however, will weaken you as a teacher and a learner because, as has been repeatedly emphasized, <laughs> there's Jesus going like, as I've said again and again and again, you teach what you do believe. You teach what you do believe. So if you say that it is <clears throat> um, harmful to be unloving to yourself, or if you withhold love, you will not have love, because to have, give all to all. If you would like to have compassion from the world, have compassion for folks in the world. To have, give all to all. But we can complain, oh, people don't love me, there's no compassion but we are not being loving. We are not having compassion. We think we are, but we're actually being manipulative and controlling. And so, boo-hoo, I don't have any love and compassion, but we're actually not offering any. So we can delude ourselves. Boy, don't we know that one. We delude ourselves into thinking something different than we actually believe. And we convince ourselves that we believe it, but we know that we do not. And sometimes we don't quite know that we don't. Yep, we can believe all kinds of things that aren't true. And we can even say that we don't believe it's true, but we still believe it. So another example um, 
I remember Michael Beckwith was teaching and he was saying that he could eat the chocolate cake and it goes into his body like broccoli. He's transmuting it with his mind. And then sometime later, somebody was saying, well, we can all do that, right? And he said, well, in theory, but the question really is, in your mind, can you do it? Are you willing to, are you able to? And so this is the thing that we see all the time, that people will say, oh, I can do this or do that, but they're without effect, but their belief system is not in accordance with that. So people believe that they can withhold love or they can uh, drink alcohol every day or whatever. It could be anything. It doesn't. And they will say, oh, this is good for me. This is bad for me. But nonetheless, the truth will rule out. So yes, it's done according to our belief. So we can say, this is good for me, but if we really believe it's not good for me, that's what's going to be our experience. Our beliefs will rule the day. We have learned that behavior is not the level for either teaching or learning, since you can act in accordance with what you do not believe. To do this, however, will weaken you as a teacher and a learner because, as has been repeatedly emphasized, you teach what you do believe. An inconsistent lesson will be poorly taught and poorly learned. If you teach both sickness and healing, you are both a poor teacher and a poor learner. It's one of the reasons why I'm so transparent and aspire to be transparent because I do not wish to teach the opposite of truth. So I do see that my beliefs are always coming up into my awareness so that they can be healed and I can align with the truth. So Things I ask myself all the time are, do I just believe this or is it actually true? Do I just believe this or is it actually true? I think it's helpful to ask ourselves that. So where he says, you teach what you do believe. I One of the things I say is we're always teaching the efficacy of our choices the effectiveness of our choices. We're always teaching the results of our choices. So spiritual teachers who are saying, do as I say, not as I do. Parents and grandparents who say, do as I say, not as I do. They're teaching a conflicted message. And I'm not interested in teaching a conflicted message. So... I am interested in living what I'm sharing from A Course in Miracles, living in accordance with it. I'm not ever claiming that I'm doing it perfectly. And I don't beat myself up when I do it imperfectly. Uh, 
I simply acknowledge it, I own it, I observe it, and I have complete compassion for myself having a human experience. I'm not expecting any people having a human experience in my life, in my realm, we could say, in my relationships. I'm not expecting any of them to do it perfectly. But let's do it with laughter. Let's do it with love. Let's do it with a sense of joy unfolding. Okay. Healing is, we're in paragraph three now. Healing is the one ability everyone can develop and must develop if he's to be healed. Healing is the Holy Spirit's form of communication in this world and the only one he accepts. He recognizes no other, no other form of communication. He does not accept the ego's confusion of mind and body. Minds can communicate, but they cannot hurt. Uh-oh. Minds can communicate, but they cannot hurt. The body, in the service of the ego, can hurt other bodies. So minds can communicate, but they cannot hurt. So when we say, oh, they hurt me so much when they said that. Hmm. Right here, Jesus is saying, uh-uh-uh. Minds can communicate, but they cannot hurt. The body, in the service of the ego, can hurt other bodies. But this cannot occur unless the body has already been confused with the mind. Make a note of that. Because what I take from that to mean is that no person can hurt me in the mind, in my feelings, unless I'm already confused. And the same is true with the body. Nobody else's body can hurt my body unless I've already been, the body has already been confused with the mind. Now, to me, this is what people would say, that's some next level stuff. That this is like matrix stuff, you know, that you can't touch, you can't touch this. MC Hammer, you can't touch this. You can't touch my body unless I am confused in my mind. That I will be able to evade whatever attack somebody might send my way. This is how I read this. So, you again i'm i'm only the guru for me so you decide for you so this situation too can be used either for healing or for magic but you must remember that magic always involves the belief that healing is harmful this belief is its totally insane premise and so it proceeds accordingly it proceeds accordingly. All right. So minds can communicate, but they cannot hurt. The body, in the service of the ego, can hurt other bodies. But this cannot occur unless the body has already been confused with the mind. 
So one of the things that the Course says is those who are loving are invulnerable. And I think that plays in here. That when we're loving, we're invulnerable. That people might try to hurt us physically, but they wouldn't be able to succeed. And then we can say, well, wait a minute. Jesus was crucified. The guy who's telling us this, and I I don't actually believe it's the guy. I, I believe it's an energetic um, but that's another conversation. But the the being, the the energetic that is giving us this message was crucified. How does that work? Jesus had a different goal, a different mission than I have, or probably you have. I am not intending to teach I am not a body through crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. So he did that. We don't have to do that. (laughs) So definitely we do not have to do that. And that's a question some spiritual students have. I, I can remember when I first started waking up to my own spiritual nature, fearing crucifixion, being on a spiritual path, would lead me to a path of crucifixion. I think that's a very common thing for many people because many people in past incarnations have been crucified and lynched and hung and burned at the stake and different things that a fear of that crucifixion is real in our minds. You know, it's not real in spiritual terms, but... It's something that we're working with. All right. So healing is the one ability everyone can develop and must develop if he is to be healed. Healing is the Holy Spirit's form of communication in this world and the only one the Holy Spirit accepts. So Healing is communicating our divinity. It is communicating that we are not a body, we are of the mind. And when the mind heals, the body may or may not heal because the body is not real. It's a projection. And so one of the things that I've talked about so many times is it's a very real challenge for spiritual students to have an attachment to healing the body and that if the body doesn't heal, there's a fear that we're not spiritually healing or we're doing it wrong. And the thing is really not to have the goal of healing the body. Instead, have the goal healing the mind and then see what unfolds. Holding the clear in the mind, I'd like to heal the body, I'd like to heal my finances, I'd like to heal my relationships, I'd like to heal my career, I'd like to heal uh, war and poverty and racism and sexism and all these things in the world. Certainly, I aspire to all of those, and my goal is to heal the mind, knowing that everything else will come to fruition 
if that's for the highest and best of everyone. And so leave, letting go of the attachment to healing the body, to healing, showing up in a particular way. So, and, and magic, as we started talking about here, as many people know, is using things in the world to do the healing, like the aspirin heals the headache. So it's really not that using magic is wrong and bad. It's that we are being encouraged to work at the level of the mind, not the level of form in, in terms of the body. Paragraph four, healing only strengthens. Magic always tries to weaken because when we're using ma- magic, then as the, as the primary healer, then what's happening is we're in that cycle of really think of it as making the, the food, the herbs, the pills, the whatever it is, the healer instead of the mind. But when the mind is willing to heal, then the mind will be led to and guided to the things in the world that support all levels of healing. And I have seen that to be true for myself and for many others. So we focus on healing at the level of the mind, knowing we will be led and guided to what's highest and best for us if that's what we're interested in. It is time for me to take a break. And as we go to break, I'm going to invite you to go to jenniferhadley.com, my Finding Freedom from Fear spiritual boot camp class. It's coming up in October. Love to have you be a part of it. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We are talking about magic and healing and working at the level of the mind. Uh, healing only strengthens. Magic always tries to weaken. We are in Chapter 7, Section 5, Paragraph 4, and this section is entitled Healing and the Changelessness of the Mind. Healing perceives nothing in the healer that everyone else does not share with him. Magic always sees something special in the healer, which he believes he can offer as a gift to someone who does not have it. He may believe that the gift comes from God to him, but it is quite evident that he does not understand God if he thinks he has something that others lack. Remember what Jesus said? What I have done, you can do, and even more shall you do. So there's the teaching right there. There's nothing special in the healer. When Jesus was walking around in Jerusalem and people had healings, the blind could see, the lame could walk, the dead could be revived, all these things happening in 
and around Jesus's experience, he would say, when people would thank him for their healing, he would say, why thank me, your faith made you whole. So the same is true for all of us. So for instance, right before I went to the break, I was talking about my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp. I'm only doing it once a year now. So um, it's coming up in the middle of October. And it's powerfully healing. However, I am not healing anyone. People tell me all the time they thank me for their healing, but I can only heal myself, and I'm very aware of that. I can't heal anyone else, but I can join with people who are interested in healing themselves. And I, in joining with other people, can help activate the healing for both of us. And isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is. So people find tremendous healing in the Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp, all kinds of healing, physical healing, relationship healing, and personality healing, all kinds of emotional healing, financial healing, etc., etc., etc. It's all about healing at the level of the mind and then seeing how it demonstrates. But again, if we have attachments to how it has to look, then we are really in the ego and the ego is trying to do the healing instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to do the healing. So the Holy Spirit does not work by chance and healing that is of him always works. So this is why relying completely on spirit is the way to go now. I can hear people saying, well, does that mean I shouldn't take my medicine? I'm not saying that at all. However, um, so for instance, I don't, I'm not on any medications, don't usually take medications, but I, um, I take lots of different herbs and supplements. And to me, herbs are food. They're part of my food experience and so for instance making for lunch uh, a soup that has herbs in it it's got spinach which is an herb and basil which has an herb it's got fruit it's got tomatoes and cucumber I think those are both fruits and um, that's going to be my food and I as I'm eating it I do think of it as healing and nourishing my body because this is what my mind is called to do today. I'm interested in having a strong, healthy body with lots of vitality because I am interested in being able to really represent spirit and the efficacy of living by intuition, making loving choices. So I'm interested in being loving with my body. And I have come to recognize over the years that I was doing things inadvertently that were really toxic for my body. used to eat a lot of salt, so much salt. And uh, I didn't know that salt had aluminum in it and that it would make all these heavy metals and things like that. Uh, 
it would these heavy metals from the salt, the aluminum would lodge in my organs and all kinds. I used to use all kinds of lotions that had um, uh, petrochemicals in them. Didn't know that those would be lodging in my organs and and whatnot. And so I'm just cleansing, cleansing, clearing, cleansing. And it's really, in a sense, not to get somewhere, but to just take good care of my body now. Taking really good care of my body. And of course, the number one way I take good care of my body is to think loving thoughts about it. That's number one, of course. Healing only strengthens. Magic always tries to weaken. Healing perceives nothing in the healer that everyone else does not share with him. Magic sees something special in the healer, which he believes he can offer as a gift to someone who does not have it. He may believe that the gift comes from God to him, but it is quite evident that he does not understand God if he thinks he has something that others lack. The Holy Spirit does not work by chance, and healing that is of the Holy Spirit always works. Unless the healer always heals by the Holy Spirit, the results will vary. So that's what we see all the time. That, For instance, I remember when I was in the practitioner and minister training at Agape, Ministers and practitioners would say, well, I seem to have a really good success when I pray for other people's healings. They have healing. But when I pray for my own, I don't have healing. I would say part of it is people trying to pray to get something rather than to be in truth. So I record a prayer every single day for many, many years now, I don't know, 16 years, something like that, and a few little breaks here and there, but I can't remember the last time I didn't, might be 10 years now. Um, Or more. Um, (laughs) I do those prayers to share in prayer, And I love teaching about prayer. It is one of the great gifts that we have is that prayer communion with our Creator. And in the daily prayers I record, you can get them in a podcast. If you just go to your podcast and look for Prayer for Today, Jennifer Hadley, I'm sure you'll find the podcast of prayers, thousands of prayers there, and literally, and In my prayers, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not trying to get something. I'm interested in recognizing that God has already given me all that there is to give. And I'm receiving it. I'm making use of it. I'm allowing myself to truly know and remember the truth. And that is the gift that I give to God. Course of Miracles in the Song of Prayer talks about the the greatest gift we can give to God is that prayer that asks for nothing, but simply affirms with gratitude what is the truth that is. And that truth that is, is our healing. Yes. 
The Holy Spirit does not work by chance, and healing that is of the Holy Spirit always works. Unless the healer always heals by him, the Holy Spirit, the results will vary. Yet healing itself is consistent, since only consistency is conflict-free, and only the conflict-free are whole. So one of the things that we experience a lot of is this feeling of things are inconsistent. Why could I heal this but not heal that? Here's the answer. The Holy Spirit does not work by chance and healing that is of the Holy Spirit always works. Unless the healer always heals by the Holy Spirit, the results will vary. Yet healing itself is consistent, since only consistency is conflict-free, and only the conflict-free are whole. By accepting exceptions and acknowledging that he can sometimes heal and sometimes not, the healer is obviously accepting inconsistency. So that's what we do. We accept inconsistency. How do we accept it? By accepting exceptions. So this is one of our big challenges, to stop making exceptions. No exceptions. Everything works together for our good. No exceptions. So that is going to put us into a place of reduced conflict, and that is going to be healing. We're healing mentally, emotionally, in all ways. Okay, for some reason, my headset just quit on me, so this is a different headset, different quality of sound, and I apologize for that. No control, but moving on. Yeah, so I I love this clarity about this section. Accepting exceptions and acknowledging that he can sometimes heal and sometimes not, the healer obviously accepting, is obviously accepting inconsistency. Let's recall that the second characteristic of God's teachers is honesty. First one is trust, the second one is honesty. And Jesus describes or defines honesty as consistency. So we do not wish to be inconsistent. And yet, when we're accepting exceptions, when we're allowing for exceptions, when we're making exceptions, we're being inconsistent. Very simple. And that is evidence that we're the unhealed healer. So by our very essence in nature, we are here to be truly helpful and to be a healing presence, right? In the truly helpful prayer, it says, I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. And I say, I am healed. In truth, I am healed. And I allow spirit to teach me to heal. To be a healing presence. That's extremely important to me. That is my aspiration. That is my goal. Aside from my own 
awakening, the healing of my mind, to be a healing presence in this world, demonstrating the efficacy of choosing love. All right, so the unhealed healer is inconsistent. He is therefore in conflict and is teaching conflict because we're always teaching the value of our choices. We're always saying, this is what I'm teaching. That's why it's so important not to be that person who says, do what I say, not what I do. And most people are, do what I say, not what I do, people. And so for me, that's another place where I can say, I have control over this. That I'm not going to suggest to people that they do something that I'm unwilling to do. And that helps me be more willing to align with truth, align with wholeness, align with beauty and the magnificence that is our true essence. So... Let's not accept inconsistency and let's not teach conflict. Can anything of God not be for all and always? Again, this paragraph is packed. This is chapter 7, section 5, paragraph 5. It is packed with clear, direct messages of truth and instructions for those who are willing to awaken from the dream of separation. So, can anything of God not be for all and for always? So, it's it's for everyone and it's forever. So, that's the nature of God. Omnipresent, omniactive, omnipotent. And it's our nature too because we are of God. So when we think that God comes and goes and is inconsistent, it's just our projection onto God. And we can remember that when we feel that, when we feel like, oh, God's not there for me. It's actually, I'm not there with God in my heart, in my mind. Spirit is always there for me because spirit is what I am. How could God not be with me and for me at all times if God is what I am? Well, I'm in my ego identification. I am not with me and for me all the time. So we project that onto God. That's how we we project all of our inconsistencies onto the world including onto God. So one of the things that I was just teaching about in Masterful Living, I think it was, that if we're wondering if something is true, or is it just an opinion, is it true for everyone? If it's true for everyone, then it's an eternal truth. If it's only true for some, there's the inconsistency, therefore it cannot be truth. Simple. Right? Very, very simple. Love is incapable of any exceptions. Only if there is fear does the idea of exceptions seem to be meaningful. Exceptions are fearful because they are made by fear. The fearful healer is a contradiction in terms and is therefore a concept that only a conflicted mind could possibly perceive as meaningful. Fear does not gladden, 
Healing always does, or it says healing does. I would say always, yes. Fear always makes exceptions. So when we're making exceptions about whether or not we'll have compassion for another human being, we're making exceptions. When we're making exceptions about who we'll be kind to and who we'll be patient with, we are being inconsistent. And therefore, we are choosing fear instead of love. Fear always makes exceptions. Healing never does. Emphatic. Always and never. Fear always makes exceptions. Healing never does. Fear produces dissociation because it induces separation. Healing always produces harmony because it proceeds from integration. It is predictable because it can be counted on. Harmony and healing are predictable because they can be counted on. Everything that is of God can be counted on because everything of God is wholly real, completely real. Healing can be counted on because it is inspired by God's voice, the Holy Spirit's voice, and is in accord with God's laws. Yet, if healing is in, is consistent, it cannot be inconsistently understood. Understanding means consistency because God means consistency. Since that is his meaning, it is also yours. Your meaning cannot be out of accord with God's because your whole meaning and your only meaning comes from God and is like God. God cannot be out of accord with himself and you cannot be out of accord with God. You cannot separate yourself from your creator who created you by sharing his being with you. The unhealed healer wants gratitude from his brothers, but he is not grateful to them. That is because he thinks he is giving something to them and is not receiving something equally desirable in return. <clears throat> so this is something, uh, if you've been listening for a while, no doubt you've heard me talk about this again and again and again. So one of the things about the unhealed healer is giving in order to get, to manipulate and to control. So when we're giving to get and we don't feel that we're receiving our just due, then we are going to be trying to control and manipulate because we're keeping score and the score is not even and ego does not like that. So... The unhealed healer wants gratitude from his brothers, but he is not grateful to them. That is because he thinks he is giving something to them and is not receiving something equally desirable in return. So that's a really important thing. Giving to get. I'm going to give you this and you have to give me something of equal value in return. Or... I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be saying it's not fair. Now think about what A Course in Miracles tells us about giving. To have, give all to all. And it's about giving, but of course it's about having. To have, give all to all. 
So if we're giving to our brothers and sisters and we want gratitude from them and we're bummed out that we're not getting it, we are not giving fully and completely. We're giving with strings, right? So that's like love with conditions, giving with conditions. And it's fine if you're operating a business and you say, I'm going to give you this, and I think it's of this value, so you give me that value, and I'll give you my thing. You know, I think it's worth 50 bucks, give me 50 bucks, and you can have it. But that's not how we operate in relationship, because if we do, what kind of relationship are we going to have? A conditional relationship. In a store, it's all conditional. You will not get the item if you do not pay the price for it. You can't go in and get your groceries for free. It's not unconditional. But love has to be unconditional or it's not love. So here's what feels like a really valuable inquiry to me. And that is looking at where in your relationships you are giving to get. Where you think you're giving something to them and you're not receiving something equally desirable in return. Meaning you're not receiving the appreciation, the recognition, the validation, all of that. You feel like, oh, this is not good for me. I don't like this. And you want it to be different. This is a way to make a shift and move into that place of being consistent. Aligning with the changelessness of the one mind and getting out of the ego mind. It's really worth it. Let's stop making exceptions and let's stop being inconsistent. We set that intention, that aspiration, and we invoke the Holy Spirit to make it so because we are willing. Yes, we are. Hmm. I hardly have a minute left, so I'm just going to say my Finding Freedom from Fear spiritual boot camp class begins mid-October. And then in November, I'm just working out the details and putting it on the website now, definitely going to do my spiritual counseling training intensive in person in upstate New York uh, and... That is mid-November, and I'm going to do a forgiveness retreat before that, so you can look for that. Details forthcoming, but make your plans to come and join me, because this is a profoundly healing opportunity. We're grateful for the power and the presence of love within us, and we bless the whole world with our holiness. And so it is. Amen. Amen.